Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Good morning. Hi. So now Hi. we have now we have music, right? So people just heard music. Um, I don't know yet because my son is supposed to be doing that for me, but um, he's not a very good employee. <laughs> so um, he tells me it's very difficult, but I don't. Uh, what? So he said he he. So we have the voiceover and the music. Um, and it sounds really good. And he added it to one of the podcasts and I told him, I said, well, just, you know, add that to all the podcasts. And I gave him all the files. Um, and he was like, well, mom, it takes like 45 minutes for each one. And I was like, why is it taking you so long? And he said, well, I gotta, you know, I'm going through the whole podcast and I'm taking out anywhere where there's like these lengthy silences and I said, don't do that. I said, that's part of the charm of our podcast. I was like, hey, I don't need you to go through and take out lengthy silences. I said, cause who knows what he would be piecing together. I wouldn't go back and listen through the whole thing and just plug it back up on the website and who knows I'm what would be in there. I'm sort of surprised we have lengthy silences. Uh, right. So I don't know what he's talking about. But um, yeah. So anyway, this is the coaching and cocktail. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's yep. fucking coaching um, and cocktails podcast. And right. I wish I had a cocktail this morning because I'm just, you know what? I have, I, it occurred to me. There's a lengthy um, pause. There you go. It occurred say. to me that um, I'm in a bad mood again this morning, and this <laughs> seems to be a trend. Um, this is a so bad, bad mood corner. <laughs> for some reason, I'm in a shitty mood every fucking Tuesday morning when we podcast, and nice. I don't know why. <laughs> nice. I like it. Well, let's see. Like my Wi-Fi is not working. Um, I had to replace my car windshield for the third time since I've owned my car since 2016. Um, my ice maker is not working. The ice maker that I had repaired two weeks ago, still not working, but I just haven't had uh, the patience to call the people back to tell them that it's still not working. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah. That, well, we'll call it that. Yeah. Well, that's still life. So it is life. life. It is life, but I don't, I don't like that part of life. I'm kind of done. I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, I don't want to not do life anymore. I don't want to. Oh, this just took a dark turn. (laughs) I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) This took a public dark turn. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll finish a conversation with you that we literally were just having an email and make a public plea. So we are looking for a dog. So the backstory on this is my dog that I had for 14 years passed away two years ago. He was a little chihuahua, and I had him long before I had anybody else in the family. So we, I wasn't ready to get a dog, so we did a lot of fostering. And through that fostering process, we realized that the kids are allergic to dogs, which, funny story, um, I thought my older daughter was a severe asthmatic. Turns out, good news, she's not. She was just having constant asthma attacks because of my dog. Who knew? So we've done, yeah, like who knew, whatever, live and learn. So now if we had to have another dog, it's basically looking like we can only get a poodle or possibly a doodle situation. So we want to adopt, but that is much easier said than done. So if anybody out there has poodles or doodles that need rehoming or adoption, that would be family friendly and medium sized. I am open to suggestions. But I thought you said in your email that you didn't, you fought, 
I, maybe I misread your email, but you said something about vacationing with labs and that didn't cause mm -hmm. a problem. I think there we was did, a Westie and a Bijan in the mix. Yeah, so we've, a lot of our friends have labs, so we've gone on vacation with a lot of labs and the girls haven't had problems in those settings, but I don't think I would trust it in the house. So we actually went to a specialist, an allergy specialist who specializes in animals. And there's no such thing as an as a hypoallergenic dog, period. But poodles, because of the dander they produce, are the least allergenic. I'm trying to get my words right. So there's other low allergenic dogs, possibly, but the bottom line is every dog's different and every person reacts different. And so you have to actually you have to actually interact at least 30 minutes with that exact dog. So it's tough. Um, and I don't want a super small dog. I had obviously Cooper, my Chihuahua, but I don't live in a house where a small dog could survive anymore. So we have to, we have to get a dog that can hold his own against a house full of kids. So anyway, yeah, if somebody has one, please help Brandy out because we can't be sad. friends anymore if she buys a designer dog. Well, it's not a, I don't know. What's this designer dog thing? What's that mean? Uh, dogs that are bred to make other dogs. So that's what a labradoodle, that's what a doodle is. Any, anything you put together, they, they, they did not exist until several years ago. That's a designer dog. Well, labradoodles and golden doodles are AKC dogs now. Yeah, they are now, but they were not like you had a poodle and you had a Labrador. Well, and now yeah, you have a how, Labradoodle. It's a designer how every dog. Every dog has come into an existence. I mean, Pipples were at one point two different kinds of dogs. Yeah, but people specifically bred those dogs for a reason. Anyway. Right. You know right. how I feel about buying dogs. It's humans profiting from dogs having sex, from dog rape. I don't know. Men's profiting I mean, from more, dog rape. More, I mean, there's a little more to it than that. But mm, yes, I, I mean, you have to be. Dangerous. Well, my family breeds dogs. They breed specific working dogs. So your family right? is profiting off of dogs raping each other. So. Because do the dogs have sex naturally? Like they just, they're like, hey, let's get yes. together because I'm in heat. Well, and then, you're, and then your family sells them and makes a profit off of no, dogs they, having they sex. They work on the farm. They work on the farm as working animals because yeah. it's a cattle farm. And you can't, you can't have a cattle farm without working dogs. It's just not even possible. Well, I would, you know, I, I'm open to other, other thoughts and ideas because somebody would just have to change my mind. And I'm not, my mind, my mind right now is very set on how I feel about dog breeding. Except but I'm open to other, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm open to people dog. changing my mind. You have a bred dog. Yeah, but he was something that was, we inherited. I would never have bought that dog. Not in a hundred thousand years would I have bought right, but he that had to dog. Come from, he had to come from somewhere. So, right, but I mean, I there's a lot of dogs, people, people buy the dogs and then the dogs end up in all these rescues or end up having to be rehomed or right. whatever. So, so there's rescue, nothing wrong with. we can still with... be friends. Okay. <laughs> or get a hypoallergenic tortoise. <laughs> so, so Nick, go ahead and edit all of this out. <laughs> Let's get to the point. So, I told you I'm in a bad mood. Wait, yeah. we didn't tell it. So that's Brandy and I'm Tina. I'm the bitch. So yeah. I don't know um, if it matters at all anymore. <laughs> so we have actually a really fun podcast today. We have a special guest again. We have Rebecca White with us. Hi, Rebecca. I'm here. 
So we have Rebecca on today to talk about her experience. She's been a client of ours for a few years now, right? And working specifically with Tina, but she has been, has a really interesting story and is a good example of a lot of things that we talk about. So instead of talking about her, we thought we'd bring her to you guys. And so let's just start off, Rebecca, give us a little background on who you are and how you came to be here. Um, well, currently, uh, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. I'm 35, um, but I've, so I've done three preps, I guess, and they've all been about two years apart. Sounds right. I think it was like 29 for my first one, uh, or maybe 28. Uh, you, didn't have, you, didn't have, you didn't have kids your I first competition. Yeah. My first prep, I didn't. So, um, my first competition prep was, like I said, not, it wasn't with uh, Tina. Tina helped me with my posing. And that's how I met her. But uh, I was a full-time ICU nurse at Johns Hopkins. I was working permanent nights. Um, but I don't, I mean, as much as that was probably a big deal, not as big of a deal because I didn't have any kids. Now that I have kids, I'm like, yeah, that was so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had, so, so I did that competition. And then two years later, I had, um, I had two kids at that point, I guess, or three, however many years later it was, I had two children and I was still working at Hopkins as an ICU nurse. Um, I think I was probably doing like 30 hours a week with that one. And so I, then I did that prep and then now we've moved to Georgia and, um, I have not started working since we moved down here. Um, uh, and now I just, drive and chauffeur children everywhere and do all the, the mom stuff. Momming. <laughs> Full-time momming. Yeah, which, you know, it was, you know, when they were just home with me, that yeah, we were able to just, you know, someone watch them and I still go to work and it's kind of like the older they've gotten, it's almost the less I could probably go back to work traditionally because I'm doing so much. So, yeah, not sure so, if that's... Yeah, so side note on that, I think there. that is absolutely, like, true. Like, I, I always said that when, when my son was, like, a baby, like, little, little, I always said that I needed to be a stay-at-home mom when he got into his teen years. Like, I felt <laughs> like I could work and be okay way. when he was, like, little, little, and fortunately, that worked out for me, and thank goodness I'm home to keep an eye on that shit, but yeah, it's harder when they get mm -hmm. older. Yeah, it's different, different kinds of hard, but um, I'm not sure if that's the background you're looking for, but that's, you know, like I said, so it used to be ICU nurse and now um, stay at home mom and then maybe starting to kind of work for myself a little bit. Um, but that's me. I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of boring other than that. No, so, so Brandy, Rebecca just passed her NASM exam on Friday. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So before we jump into the the prep bodybuilding stuff in particular, did you come to this this sport from a different sport? What's your athletic background, oh, yeah. if any? <laughs> That's funny too. So absolutely no athletic background. Um, <laughs> I was like a bump on a log in high school. I was in the marching band. I think that was like the most athletic <laughs> I was. But my siblings both did sports. My parents were like, you have to play a sport or you have to do an instrument or whatever. So I played piano. And I played the alto saxophone and did really well with all of that. And then, you know, graduated from high school and I did not do the band in college. Um, and in college, I, again, I didn't do anything. I don't, I'm looking back. I was like the most, <laughs> I was a blob. It turned out to be a good thing. I actually have hip dysplasia and didn't know it and did not start having pain until I was almost 30. I didn't have any pain with my first prep at all, actually. Um, so it was a good looking back, but complete bump on a log. Um, how I got into this, um, 
I gave my husband one of those scales that measures your body fat, like the electricity, whatever. I don't know. Bioimpedance. Bioimpedance. Exactly. He was always like a gym goer. Um, and I wasn't, I was, I looked fine though. I, it's not like I was kind of skinny fat, but I didn't look, I wasn't overweight or anything. But anyways, he got on the scale or whatever. And I was like, Oh, let me see what mine is. I got on the scale. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this was the start of it all. I think it said I was like 45% which I know those things are like not necessarily accurate, but even if it's not even, it can't be like not even close. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm almost half fat. I was like appalled. <laughs> and so, um, I found like a local personal trainer up there near me. Um, we live like right outside Baltimore and, um, I ended up losing like 20 pounds with her actually. Wow. And, um, you know, looked better was getting some compliments and she was a competitor. Um, and she competed in the NPC actually, um, wasn't like, you know, like super into it or whatever, but I went with her to one of her shows and was like kind of intrigued by it. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that. And I'm one of those type A people, like, you know, I kind of set a goal and I'm like, what do I need to do to get there? And like, did all this research and everything. And, um, so I decided I wanted to do a show and like talk to her about it and kind of picked a show that was like way far away. I made sure I had enough time, you know, cause I'd been doing all this research. Um, and she was the, the coach that tried to give me the most terrible diet you should never do. And I ended up like cutting ties with her and she wasn't my trainer anymore after that. Cause I was like, if you would tell me to do this, then I'm not sure I trust anything else that you're telling me to do. What did she have you do? So she actually, what I was doing with her wasn't, terrible. I mean, it probably did hurt my hip a little bit, which I didn't know at the time. She did a lot of plyometric stuff, but so she didn't even give me the diet, which is good, I guess, because she shouldn't give me a meal plan or anything. Cause she was just a personal trainer. She was not a registered dietitian. Um, but I think she like bought me a meal plan off of one of those websites where they like churn out oh. the, everybody gets the same thing. No. So I, so she gave what it was a for time. effort. <laughs> yeah. Creativity. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, she was probably following these meal plans too, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, so I think I was like six months out from a show, which was reasonable. Um, and it didn't have the calories on there, but I knew enough that I could like figure them out. And so I think it was 1200 calories yeah. and it was an hour of cardio starting at the very beginning. At six months an hour out. cardio a day. That's great. And 1200 calories at six months out. And, um, I remember when she gave me the diet and like, I drove with her to a show and I was like asking her questions about it in the car, kind of questioning. Cause I'm like, this sounds unreasonable. And like, where do you go from here? This won't work for six months. I mean, at least I was a nurse and kind of understood a little bit about nutrition. Um, not, you know, nearly enough, but at least enough to not agree to do that. So we kind of had a little back and forth tension. I think she could tell by the end of that trip that like, oh, I've burned this bridge. <laughs> I think she was very much like, just do it. Like, you yeah. just need to do yeah. what I say. And then I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> God, and that's good. That's amazing. I was, like, was going to say, God bless you. because Yeah, because so many, oh my God, the number of people, and there's probably people listening that. to this that are, you know, doing the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. So if I had done it, I would have like destroyed my metabolism. So I ended up doing a lot of this like online research and I, I don't even know how I stumbled upon him. Um, his name's Graham Thomas. He is actually, um, he actually is a dietitian. Uh, he actually lives in Canada of all places, but had an online um, presence in some articles and we kind of did some emailing back and forth and he had a very detailed kind of intake, which made me feel more comfortable that he wanted 
to at least know about me before he told me what to eat. <laughs> um, and wrote me this kind of almost a proposal and told me, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna be hard. You're probably gonna hate me at the end. Your husband, you know, your relationships are gonna suffer. Like, do you really wanna do this? He was very frank with me about like, this is no joke. Um, and that was kind of, a, and he gave me meal plans. The macros were on there, but I didn't have a really good understanding right. of that um, at the time. And I just kind of followed the meal plan. I didn't really learn anything, but that's how I did my, my first prep and how I kind of got into the show. And I actually did really well at that show. At the very end, I, I feel like when we got halfway through prep, he was like, you need to find someone to help you with posing. And that's how I found Tina. And I remember she gave me like the third degree like she says she does. She totally did. When I went to her house about like, who's coaching you? And like, you're not starving yourself, are you? And, you know, all that stuff. She was kind of making sure that, you know, the rest of my prep like checked out and she seemed pretty happy with it. Um, I was way too small for that show. I mean, looking back at the pictures, I mean, I just- You were so itty bitty. I know, when I won my pro card, it was just who shows up that day. I mean, more proof of, you never know who's going to show up. And I posed really well. And even though I- was tiny. I was probably pretty symmetrical and lean enough that I did really well. So, so you competed um, in figure that first show. I, I did. Uh, it was I just, I've always been drawn to figure. Like I appreciate the bikini, but if, especially if you ever meet me, <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't take myself seriously enough to, I don't know. I, if you've met me, I'm real awkward. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think Rebecca would, um, not that she couldn't, if she really wanted to. Exactly. And I, and I, yeah, not knocking the bikini girls either. Cause I don't want to say it's like, Oh, it's inappropriate. Cause I don't think that just for me though, it's right. It's not me. Well, and that, I mean, and that's how it goes. Like we talk to clients all the time who are doing it for the first time. And you know, the first dis- discussion is what are they going to compete in? Mm-hmm. And obviously part of it is what their physique looks like, but part of it is the conversation you just had, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, who are you as a person? Cause you have somebody that looks at the bikini posing and is like, I'd rather die than do that. <laughs> and it's not going to work. So, okay. I mean, so that's nothing to apologize for. That's again, the smart take on it. You know yourself, you know what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just for the viewers at home, your physique is obviously a figure competitor. It is now. Yeah. I mean, I do have that X shape, but yeah, even from the beginning, I just, I didn't have the size, which I'm still working on. I still don't feel like I have the size I want. So you won, you, you won that first show. And I won won Brandy, little known, little known fact, Brandy, one of our former clients, um, competed against Rebecca and is still pissed that Rebecca beat her. (laughs) Was that the lady that I won the overall against on that show? I don't know if it's the overall or the class. I don't remember, but because I remember posting a picture of Rebecca when she, I don't know, it was one of the many I probably posted before she was getting on stage this year, or maybe it was after, I don't remember. Um, and they commented on it. And they're like, I remember, and that was supposed to be my show, and I was supposed to win my pro card. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, I'm looking at the Not how it works. It was a client of yours, Brandy, actually. It was the posing. I mean, I can look back at that and now with my eyes know that if she had posed better, she would have totally beat me. Her physique was way better than mine, in my opinion, for that show. But I think I posed better was the bottom line there. But and That's you were lean. I mean, you didn't have a lot of size, but you were. Yeah, but very I was lean. lean enough. Yeah, yeah. Which I'd never dieted before, really. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of in the perfect place, and we did it really intelligently. You know, props to Graham, because I can look back kind of. I don't have all my stuff from that show, but I mean, I was, it was on decent calories. Like, we never did anything crazy. Thank goodness. 
So you had great success in that first show and obviously decided to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you transitioned over to us. Um, I mean, actually, did another um, one. I did oh, another did one with, with Graham, but Tina did um, my posing for that one as well. Yeah, so that, that show was like a whole different thing and I probably did it for the wrong reasons and I placed last. Uh, I'm still glad I did it and I learned a lot from that show. Yeah, so I, I when I had my, my first kid, um, like I swear I walked out of the hospital, like no baby weight like look flat stomach you know went right back to my pre-baby body went back and was just lifting I did like more functional training I was doing like kettlebells and that kind of stuff and just lift because I enjoyed that at the time it wasn't very physique focused but I got a lot stronger whatever had my second kid um I was on bed rest for five months for her because I kept having contractions I couldn't work and everything was fine she actually was late after all of the preterm contraction stuff so I, I think I walked out of the hospital as 170 pounds, which like, I think my weight pre-baby was probably like 130. So I think it was like nine months later, I'm <laughs> still 170 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? What am I supposed to do? And I kind of used the show as a carrot of like, I, I want to get back to just, I would have been happy to just get back to 130, but I'm just so goal oriented. I needed a really strong carrot. And yeah. so I think I did that show for the wrong reasons. But again, if you look at my pictures, it showed I didn't get lean enough, which honestly wasn't that unhappy about. Um, It was just my stress levels were super high. I was telling Brandy before we started recording, I moved from Baltimore to uh, Florida and with my in-laws, but, and then now we're in Georgia, like two weeks after that show. So I'm sure my cortisol levels were just, whoo, like I probably- I remember all that. I remember. I probably couldn't have gotten lean enough if I wanted to, because that was just not the time for me to be doing that. But I had committed to it and it was kind of a cathartic thing for me, I think. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't think I didn't look like I belonged on stage, but you know, I was not competitive in that show. Um, But I did learn a lot about myself and um, had educated myself some more and, um, again, worked with Tina again for the posing on that. And she was realistic with me too. Like, I mean, she, you, no one was lying to me about like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're going to do great. You- <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fine. So in that show, like I said, I didn't, I think I placed last in my class, but I feel like nobody that that show that day was what, like, you shouldn't be here or anything. So that was fine. And then I think I did my own, we reversed again, which I did with, you know, Graham. And again, no one was explaining to me what was happening with the reverse either time, but I, I, he did reverse me, but without that like knowledge piece of like, why are we doing this and stuff? Like I probably didn't adhere to the diet as well as I could have, even though I was pretty adherent, like I'm just that kind of person. Um, so when I did my reverse diet after the second show and we had moved and, you know, I kind of already gotten softer again and didn't have a trainer in Georgia because we just moved here. I was kind of spinning my wheels and that's when I contacted Tina and was like, you know, I don't think I want to do another show right now, but I just need help. Yeah. I'm it was not April exactly 2017, sure if I recall. Yeah. We were, we were building a house at that point. We were still living in the apartment. My mm-hmm. first couple sets of progress photos were in the apartment. Yep. So, yep. um, horrible lighting. That's horrible. yeah. <laughs> so that's about, that's how I about about Tina. three years ago. Point, yeah. That was, yeah. And I yeah. was maybe three years ago now. And I three years ago this April. April. And I said, I don't want to do another show. Like I, I've said that after everyone, except for this one. I was like, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> like you feel so crazy right afterwards. You're just like, wow, this, why did I do this? And 
you forget that feeling and then you do it again. <laughs> right. But that's it's like having a baby insight. or getting a tattoo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of forget how bad it hurts. And then you're like, hey, let's yeah, do that again. This, like, I know I'm probably going to do another show. But after this show, I feel like there was two weeks where John was like, please don't do this again. Like, look at you. You're crazy. Like, I was real emotional. Like, yeah. uh, it was, I had really a rough two weeks. But then I was like, after that, I had a really terrible two weeks. And then it was fine. But it was really, I did have, you know, that bad post-show. And I, even though I knew it was coming and I was more mentally, it did not happen. <laughs> yeah. I still felt terrible for just a little bit after the show. But so that's, that's normal. I mean, that, that's, that's 100% normal. Yeah. And it's in, in that moment, you're like, I've ruined myself. Like now, you know, I'm depressed. Like, how, you know, it's never going to get better. And, but, it, but it did and it does. And yeah, in that moment, though, it does not feel very good, <laughs> no matter how short. So I think that kind of shows the progression. And now yeah. I could probably do, you know, my own training and nutrition to an extent, but I, I really appreciate the, um, the like subjectiveness of having a coach on the outside that I'm not going to be able to be that for myself that right. I probably will, you know, keep a coach while I'm planning to compete, to have that eye, because I'm going to overthink it and, well, thank you, because it would stuff. suck for you to fire me in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> I, that would just make my day worse. Can you just wait like another week or so so it doesn't happen today? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I think I think coaches need coaches for that kind of thing. So, well, but that I mean that's an important point, and um, in most of the sports that I participated, that's the number one thing you look for. What coach does your coach work with? Mm-hmm. Because if your coach is not working with somebody, they're probably not growing. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to, like you said, self-coach. It's yeah. frankly nearly impossible. And I mean, I'm sure there are people who are successful at it. Um, but, you know, that, that's an important thing. And, I, and we've had plenty of clients who, after their first show, decide that they have enough to go it alone. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it doesn't turn out. So yes. that's, that's amazing insight that you see all that. So yeah, that really took us up to about three years ago, you said, mm-hmm. April 2017, and that's when you transitioned over to us. So Tina, pick it up from there. What was your first, um, what was your first take on Rebecca and what was your guys' goals out of the gate? What was your, your plan? So, whew, whew, okay, trying to remember back three years ago. Um, so, I, yeah, Rebecca, she didn't want to com- necessarily want to compete again. She really just needed to get back on track, right? So it, I think in the beginning, it was just getting her used to tracking macros and logging her food again and on a, you know, regular, um, you know, back in the gym regularly and, and really just getting her back, you know, because like she said, she was like spinning her wheels. So just kind of like, it was just, let's get you back on track. It's not that she didn't know how to how to do stuff. So it was that was not difficult. Um, and she did have some, you know, she had some body fat on her. Um, but she wasn't like unhappy with herself necessarily. Um, and so I, you know, Rebecca, you can, you can, um, without me having your spreadsheet in front of it, but I think we, we really actually spent some time putting more weight on her, um, and, and building, right. So we were building. So she did actually end up probably getting to a place where it might have been slightly uncomfortable weight-wise. Oh, yeah. I think we gained yeah. like one, almost 20 pounds, mm-hmm. which was fine with me We because that, that was my goal to build muscle. I think we did um, like the volume training, like the 10 sets of 10 or mm-hmm. whatever for uh, some of the muscle groups 
just to, I think you were trying to see like how untrained are you really? Like, could we, and I think it worked a little bit. I, I clearly had some newbie gains still to, to oh, get. Oh yeah, for sure. And, but you know, we, you know, she was the, the good thing was that she was quite literally, you want to talk about like coachable, willing to do just about anything I asked her to do. And while it was uncomfortable for her to put on another 20 pounds on top of her 130, I think we got up a, as high as like around 150 Yeah, that's where we stopped. Yeah, yeah. that's where I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, she was like, <laughs> uncle, 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 please. Um, but, you know, but agreeably so, right? We, I wasn't, we didn't want to put a ton of body fat on her. Um, but we also had her up eating like, I don't know, it was like 20 three, four hundred. Uh, I think even more? up to 2,600, 2,600 calories a day highest, yeah. doing like next to no cardio. So we, we did that for about a year. And then, um, it was like the next, it was, I want to say it was like around that 2018, early 2018, we did a mini cut or we did, I wouldn't even call it a mini cut. It was a full cut. Like it was many cuts are like four to six weeks. She was, I think you wanted to stop it. And I was like, well, I, there was like a number. I was like, I just want to see yep. this number before we stop. So we pushed it another couple of weeks. We did. I'm, I'm we glad went, that we, we did. actually did six months. Cause I think we, we, we cut it around May. We did five months. Um, we got her down to 128. That was, that was the lowest. Um, and then, um, the really great thing from there. So that was around May, I think, or June of 2018. I think I have the dates right. Sounds right yeah. <clears throat> and then we reversed, but you know, her calories went from like 2,600 calories down to, she was around 1300 calories when we finished her cut and doing cardio. So just like a prep, we just didn't get her to stage weight, right? We weren't going that lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we reversed out of that, but she she actually kept losing a little bit as we progressed forward. And then she she really she maintained I that put on weight yeah. one thirty for another year, um, and um, still continuing to grow. We got her calories way up. Her cardio was down again, um, and so she quite literally, I mean, is is the example of what a successful athlete in the sport needs to do, right? You need to spend a significant amount of time off stage in a calorie excess, um, even, you know, getting uncomfortable with not being at, at a stage weight, right? And being willing to kind of, I'm not saying anybody has to get fat and Rebecca was by no means fat. I looked fine. I'm still she wearing looked, a bikini. She looked, I looked fine. fine. Yeah. You know, if she 150, did, I still looked okay in a bathing suit. You did. You look, you know, and, um, and then it was at that point, I think, you know, we started talking about <clears throat> hitting the stage again after kind of spending a, spending a year back down at that 130 and still continuing to put on size and, um, and maintaining. It was just like a, her body was just completely different at that point, kind of, you know, where we were, where she was maintaining and, and what she was able to do. Does that answer your question? Yep. You I mean, keep so going? Then, so you kept going. You kept going from there. You didn't stop there. <laughs> That wasn't um, the end of the story. <laughs> no, that's not the end of the story. So then um, we started prep for fall shows, right, Rebecca? So we were, uh, when did we start prep? Remind me. When did we start prep for 2000? I feel like it was like the end of April, but I had that Disney trip or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so we started around spring of 2000. Yeah, I think was, like we started a little early because mm-hmm. we knew I had a couple trips and we're like, you know, you're probably going to go up and down a little bit. So let's start a couple weeks because we want you ready early. Right. So, so, so the goal was she wanted, we were going to do October, <clears throat> couple of sep- October shows, September shows. I think the shows we got mixed looking, around. We ended yeah, up mixing some and getting new shows in there. Yeah, and plus like in this area, it's just not as dense as up there, especially yeah. with, and I wanted to compete in the OCB and 
I mean, the first show I ended up doing was, um, I don't even remember, <laughs> IMBF, does that sound right? <laughs> yes, yes, it was yeah. an IMBF show down there in Georgia. Yeah, so we were trying to play with dates to try and find some close enough together, and maybe at least one close to me, so yeah, that, yep. I think we were like, we knew it was going to be around October. Yeah, you know what it was, yeah. you did an IMBF, anyway, so we'll back up, so we started around spring, um, we, we wanted, I think we were giving, it may have been just under 30 weeks. Uh, of prep time. So again, doing what we're supposed to do. We knew she had vacations planned in there. We knew we were going to want to do diet breaks within that time period. We knew we, her lower body is where she carries all her body fat. So we knew we were going to need extra time. Her upper body was, was already lean. We were going to need a lot of extra time to really push her lower body fat out off of her. Um, so we did. And, uh, you know, long story short, uh, Rebecca is, you know, again, she does everything I ask her to do, and she is meticulous with her um, with her macro tracking and her meal prepping and and doing the things she needs to do. It doesn't mean she never had a treat or you know had an untracked meal that we planned or, or we ate did an apple pie or <laughs> apple pie or or you know well, wine or beer or whatever throughout throughout the prep you know earlier on. Um, but we were able to do diet breaks and stuff when she went on vacations and and do some different things. Um, but the you know, the cool thing is, is throughout that prep, and again, we had to push, like, it was not easy to get Rebecca as, and I'll post pictures, you know, in case people haven't seen, but she was shredded by the time she got on stage, and she was ready early, which is why we picked, you know, you know, a couple earlier shows, and we kind of tweaked everything, but um, because she's so meticulous with everything, and because I had worked with her for so long, I was actually able to do some much more advanced nutrition strategies with her that I wouldn't dream of doing with some other clients. We did intermittent fasting. Um, you know, we had some days where she, you know, she, she did like two meals of like, <clears throat> it's going to sound painful about, you know, six to 700 calories on, on those rest days. Right. But that allowed her to have, you know, 15, 1600 calories on her on training days. days right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it all in equals out to somebody who might be doing 1200 calories a day. It was just, you know, some, some different strategies we were able to do, um, with her be because she's so meticulous. Um, you know, it's not something we could, we could do if somebody was just sort of, you know, fucking around like, like a lot of people do. So, well, um, and I'll, I'll chime in on another point that you, you raised as coaches. If we have known clients longer, we have more data, more information and more confidence to do things um, yes. more advanced than we would with somebody who shows up and says, I want to do a show in six months. That really, you know, not only is a client probably not ready, but as coaches, we're only going to do what we're comfortable with. But clients that we've had multiple years, Angie was another good case. We'd worked with her for almost three years and did a lot of the more advanced work. Um, so that's just another another point for people listening of why it matters to work with coaches long term. You know, you should have a long term relationship with your coach if you really want to be successful. Because right, because we get to know their bodies street. more. Yeah, and you get to know your body. We get to know your body. We know your lifestyle. We know where we can push and where we can't push. And if we don't know people that well, we're just we're not going to do that. Right. Right. We're just not going to do it. So, anyway, so some advanced. You guys worked through some advanced. We did strategies. some advanced strategies, and then you know, long story short, she got um, the leanest she's ever ever been. Um, she was absolutely shredded. Um, so, what was we, that stage weight? One oh one oh eight, maybe. I think that was the final stage weight once we carved you up, but you got down as low as like one oh six. 
I, yeah, which, I recall we my had- original stage weight when I was like TD was like 105. So yeah. that just shows you how much more body fat I probably because there's no way I haven't put on a couple pounds of muscle. Between, oh, you put on a like, lot I mean, of muscle. We can look at the pictures. <laughs> yeah, my 2011 show, I was 105 in those pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, that just shows how tall are you? Gotten five foot four. Five four. Just yeah, so we got her. I think her, her reference, and we her didn't know what stage weight it was going to be. I think that was why we gave ourselves so much time because we were like, we don't know. You, I would, I didn't get lean enough at my last show, and I was one eighteen, by the way. I think on stage okay. for my second show to show you how much I did not get lean enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we were kind of shooting in the dark there, of like we're not sure you're going to settle out. So. Yeah, but you know when when you when you put your first competition photos next to your last competition photos, oh, you the amount of muscle see. she's put on is is tremendous. So, um, so yeah, I think you know by the time we carved her up and stuff, her actual stage weight was probably closer to like one hundred eight, one hundred nine. You know, by the time she actually got on stage, um, but you know, having her ready early and getting to work with her for so long allowed us to do practice peak weeks, right? So we got to kind of see like poor Rebecca was sending me pictures like every day, twice a day for like months on end. Right. So God bless her husband, John, if you're listening, thank you. Um, you know, because I'm like, I, I'm so sure, like I see her kids in the background. They're probably sick of seeing mom in her bikini and her husband's probably uh, everybody knows tired of Tina yeah. <laughs> Miss Tina says, Miss Tina says, Miss Tina says, I don't care what Miss Tina says. Yeah. Well, then John, oh, it's a joke in my house. It's like, are you going to log that? You're going to tell Tina that you're I'm like, yes. Would you like to check my fitness pal? I put this in there. Thank you. And look, John's got my number now because we had to text all day at the show. So he can call me. I'm like, go ahead. So long story short, the first show she did, the IMBF show in Georgia. I mean, it was a super small show. She didn't, I mean, it was a very small class, but I, I will say that the they were at least competitive women in her class, even though it was small. She won that, won her, won her WMBF pro card in that. Um, then she came up here to compete at the uh, OCB um, Chesapeake Classic, so Bobby and Jess Cavino show. So she did that with the team. Um, and she won that show, which was huge and incredibly competitive. I mean, there were three classes of figure, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there were three classes of figure that each had nine or 10 in them. She not only won her class, but then she won the overall. And I'm telling you right now, sitting in the audience, I would... I would not have been mad if she hadn't won because those girls the, were so competitive. The short girl. Um, I really Jen actually thought the short girl was going to win. She won a pro card the next weekend in Tampa. Yep. So yep. She, but I, th- uh, I thought she was, was going to so win. nice after the show. Yeah. Like, she was like, if I had to lose, she goes, at least like, she goes, I felt like it was fair. Like she, she wasn't upset about it. She actually was really nice about it. Like yeah. I, apparently my quads, <laughs> your quads everybody was like those quads um and but your quads were were shredded were that lean because we gave it so much time otherwise because mm-hmm. you're you you've never had your lower body that lean and, and mm-hmm. then you know last minute decision with two weeks to go I was like, like hey. that day. <laughs> she was like you know I think we talked about it and we talked about throwing her hat into Yorton so so funny story there is initially you were going to do Yorton as an amateur. Mm-hmm. Don't remember why, right? But but initially, and I thought about it. That was Saturday because it was the day of the show. By Monday, I was like, Rebecca, this is stupid. I said, if you're going to come all the way back up here from Georgia to do Yorton, do it as a fucking pro. I said, it doesn't make any sense for you to, you know, try to win another pro card. You already won it. So, um, 
we said, you know what, worst that can happen, we just see how you look on a pro stage, you know, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So she comes up two weeks later um, and <laughs> wins. She places top three in her first pro class ever. What, were, what was your placement? I was second. Second, yeah. So yeah, she was. Tatiana was in my class, and she won. Yeah, <laughs> which she deserved. She looked great. <laughs> so you were in the you were in the the B class, right? Yeah, you were in the B middle. Class. Yeah, yeah, you're in the middle class. There were three classes, and if anybody doesn't know, like the Yorton Cup is the most competitive OCB pro show, like there is, and um, the fact that you placed top three and in. in in that show in your class and then you know in the overall um you ended up you know not placing in the top three of the overall but uh, honestly that was I was not upset about that at all it was more than I could have even dreamed honestly yeah it was amazing so that and then and now we're reversing so that's now we're we're sort of caught up a little bit so what a journey right yeah definitely and this reverse again I think because of you know you guys kind of teach as you have us do it. And with the flexible dieting and the, and the macros, I've learned so much that this reverse, I, I think I was more adherent than I probably was with my other two. And so this is the best reverse that I've had. And I think it, it's the knowledge there of like why you're doing it. And, you know, having that piece, it just helped me mentally. So this is honestly, I have more muscle, but I've the, the body fat I've regained is kind of different. Like I, I've stayed a lot leaner I guess mm -hmm. looking um I mean I'm only what I'm like 120 yeah something like that yeah so I really haven't put but I, I'm eating you know so much more food and I don't feel hungry and basically feel about back to normal like everything's working like it's supposed to so um that's been different this time around not that yes. I did not have a crazy like I said like emotional terrible post-show for just a little little bit of time <laughs> well and the reality is we're actually done so I, I i lied like we're not still reversing we are well into her her maintenance and getting in back into building at this point because mm -hmm. um but because you know the initial phase of um you know she's got her hormones you know her hormones are back to being you know more regular she's not hungry all the time she's not food focused all the time she's not freezing all the time she's got her energy back she's you know so we know she's recovered Right. So we've, we've actually been out of technically out of the reverse and recovery, you know, for probably at least a couple months at this point. Um, and now we're well into, you know, working on working our way back up in, in calories and your calories now are around 1900 or so on training days. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. A little lower on non training, yeah. but not, I don't know. Yeah. I think they're like almost 17. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not that much. We're down to so about now, 45 minutes of cardio. Now as a pretty experienced competitor and, but still a normal person, what advice would you give to somebody out there who wants to get into this? Like what is the one kind of chapeau piece of advice that you think would resonate with a lot of people? <laughs> get a coach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. Um, good coach. Get a good coach. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the one piece of advice besides get a coach. I mean, give what yourself makes enough you time. Successful, Rebecca. What has made I you I am successful? like type A, highly organized. I love lists. I like being told what to do. I like to like check boxes. So like getting out that planner or that calendar and like writing it all out and meal planning, like that's my jam. Like I really enjoy it. And I know some people don't. So, but I've also done it the other way too. Like I had a meal plan, which again, that was more mindless actually. I just 
what do I have to make this week and made a grocery list. That was kind of the same thing. The, I feel like the flexible dieting is more like playing Tetris, (laughs) but you have to kind of, you know, fit it in versus someone already did that part for you. So, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, I think it will help you. Um, if not, maybe work on your, your organization skills. Cause it takes that. I mean, especially now with like balancing with the kids and like, you know, no one's eating what I'm eating. Like I'm having to also make sure they have their stuff and my husband has food and, and keeping, you know, all of that stuff going and then also having to worry about my stuff, especially towards the end of a prep. Like it just, I think I sat down with my husband before I started this last prep I was like, okay, like <laughs> they're like last eight weeks. Remember it gets kind of crazy. Like you're going to have <laughs> me and just, you know, I'm not, it's not an excuse to like be a bitch or anything, but like it's to just be, you know, for, more forgiving, <laughs> I guess it was fine. I, I think I handled it pretty well. Tried not to complain about being cold and, and all of that or, but towards the end, I definitely was like, don't eat that in front of me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't have that right now. Just wait till I go to bed. But then I'd be upstairs in bed and I could he'd microwave something in the, sm- I would <laughs> text him. I'd be like, really? Popcorn at 10. You're texting him from the bed. Like I can smell your popcorn up here. Exactly. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, you couldn't have picked <laughs> a snack that doesn't smell. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, um, I mean, that's key too. I mean, you, you, John's been through this with you before, but it's very good supportive. to have that conversation with your loved ones. We tell, we tell clients this all the time. It's like in our book and everything, right? Like you gotta, you gotta be in it together. Right. And yeah. I can attest to Rebecca's lists <laughs> because when she was getting ready to like travel, she had every, she had her entire, I, she sent me her itinerary and I'm not just talking about when her flight got in, right? It was like, I'm going to drop the kids off at this time and I'm going to pack my meal at this time and then I'm going to get in the car and then I'm going to be on the plane and then this is the time that I land and then this is when I'm going to tan and then I'm going to eat my next meal. And then, and I was like, wow. Rebecca, this is great. Like, and so part of me is like, man, she's OCD. And the other part of me as a coach, I was like, God fucking bless you. Thank you. Because this is what makes her so successful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. I would say but you can't use it as an excuse though, because I was very aware of like, you know, I didn't want to damage my relationship with my husband. I mean, you can't just, I mean, you have to be selfish, but at the same time, like, you know, the world doesn't revolve around right. you and you chose to do it. And I mean, these are, you know, like first world problems. Like I'm control starving myself for fun. Like, you right. know, what is this? So you can't drag people down into your misery if you're uncomfortable, you know? And I kind of looked at it more as like, if I'm uncomfortable, if it's getting harder, like I know it's working. Like I know it's not going to be, if it's too easy, then I'm like, we probably aren't pushing like we should when it gets that close to the end, you know, if you think about it. So, but I think you just have to, like you say, embrace the suck. Like it's not going to be fun. And, and just don't drag everybody down with you. Cause like you chose to do it. Like, and if, if you, I don't know, that always, I think that's amazing. I think that's an amazing perspective on it, mm-hmm. you know, and going into it from the, you know, you said something earlier about you had to make sure that the kids had their food and what they needed and your husband had his food and what he needed and keep all of that going, break, break. And then separately you were pursuing this sport. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to go into it with that attitude, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have, cause like we go out to dinner once a week and, that we were having like family dinners on Sundays and it was like, how do you, how do you navigate that? And sometimes it was like, well, I'll just bring my protein cause they never have lean protein. And there's always something out that I can snack on to feel like I'm included. Or I would say like, I'm going to have my, that one glass of wine that 
you know, I'm sure she doesn't love that I have during prep, but like, that's the time I'm going to have it to, to be socially engaged with my family and just plan that in. But the point, the point of that is Rebecca could do that because she was so on point because we gave it enough time because she was so regimented and everything else. One glass of wine wasn't going to fucking kill. Yeah. And I was not, I mean, that that just wasn't out. That was, you know, the five months before that, you know, yeah. we dialed it in and like, I was, you know, a hundred percent, you know, right at the end, but yeah. I'm, I'm, and there is, it's funny now that I'm kind of like coaching people too. Like I know as coachable and as like honest, I am with you. There's things that don't make it into my fitness power. I'm like, she does that, that one little thing, you know? <laughs> so like how much are other people lying? It's gotta be uh, a lot. I am really compliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's an important message, right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your log says if you're doing something separately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. This isn't an yeah. essay test, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you're only hurting yourself. Like, I'm paying you to, like, help me with this. So you just took the words out of my mouth. Those were getting ready to to yep. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's silly, you know. And it's one of those things, like, you know, you're not judging. It's not like you're, like, yelling at me over any of this stuff, you know. So anyways, yeah, you're, you're only harming yourself and wasting your own money by doing that. So yeah, right. and eventually it catches up with you. Cause eventually Brandy and I know, right. Like we're not yeah. like, uh, like I like to say yeah. science didn't throw a party and leave you out. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're supposed to be eating 1200 calories a day and you've got 50 pounds to lose and you're not losing weight, right. science, science didn't throw a party and not invite you. Like it's, right. it's yeah. you're, you're doing something to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, I mean, and sometimes that's just a state of denial that people are in, or it's very yeah. overwhelming yeah. to tackle this problem. And, yeah. And if you have that problem, it probably, you know, prep might not be for you right for now. Sure. You just exactly. work right. on some other stuff and, until you're ready or, you know, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Most of my no. training is not there. <laughs> so what's next for you? Um, well, I keep saying, you know, I'm going to compete again, you know, except for those two weeks after the show. And I was like, why did I do this? But um, I, I want to take probably at least two years off because I, I just, I know what I want to look like now, especially if anyone's seen the picture standing next to Tatiana up there, like, wow. Um, clearly she also has great genetics, but um, I know where I want to grow and I know that's going to take time. And I have some like, you know, muscle imbalances that I need to fix. And the only way to do that is going to be in a surplus. And I also don't want to have trouble dieting back down. And, you know, we did a, like a six month diet. So I probably should not diet again, you know, for a while. So, you know, I don't, I guess we want to kind of gain tain a little bit here yep. for uh, at least 18 months to two years. And then, you know, maybe there'll be some mini cuts in there, depending on how everything goes. Let and me- then maybe compete again. Let me ask you this, Rebecca, how do you stay focused taking that much time off? Because that's what, you know, I think that's the hardest thing for people. Too many people want to compete, 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 because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, but I have to have that goal. I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, stay off stage that long, or I can't stay on my diet that long. Like what keeps you focused if it's going to be two years? I don't know. I guess even that like two years, you know, I think I'm one of those people that like, even if I'm not going to compete in two years. I'm going to make that goal, even if I know I'm going to change it. Like I just mentally for me, I like set these goals, even though I know they're probably going to change. I, you know, I kind of act until they change, like as if, Oh no, I'm getting on stage in two years. So this is about that. So, 
And I know right now, like, you know, I want bigger shoulder caps and my right quad is like an inch different than my left, which, you know, I see glaringly in, you know, the pictures and uh, I want my back to just be denser. Like, I just feel like I, I look stringy and I want it like, which that's only going to come with time. So I feel like in my head, I'm just like, I need time to grow. So I, I want to get bigger is my goal right now. But I want to get bigger without getting fat. <laughs> so, so I guess that's my goal right now is, you know, keep a, you know, keep some leanness, but just direction of my training is to do that. Grow my shoulders and my back and fix my quads is kind of how I'm thinking. Um, I don't, other than that, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I just really like the planning aspect of it. So when I shift gears to that, now I'm kind of like, okay, how much can we, you know, eat, but not go too far over? you know, and also be making gains. I don't know. Gosh, because that's the fun part. What I always try to convince clients of, I'm like, this is the fun part, right? We get to see how much you can eat and and grow and, you know, not get fat. (laughs) Yeah, again, with a coach, because I feel like, you know, I would overthink it and be like, oh, let's try this or this or this. And to to kind of put that on Tina to be like, no, we're going to add 10 carbs to your training days this week. Like that's what we did this week. And that's all we did. Like, who knows what I would have done? Like, I, I don't. And I, I can't look at that objectively because it's me. <laughs> right. So, so letting her control that piece of it, um, you know, and the progress photos, I think help, you know, because we do them every four weeks. So me looking, you know, I, I like to see those little changes. And that is motivating to me tracking your progress, like just that self monitoring, you know, is like good feedback for me to keep me on track, you know. I mean, all great stuff. You're basically a walking commercial for everything that we preach. I think you hit, as I was counting along, I think you hit basically every single theme that we told you, Brandy. It's quite like she is. Well, that's why I've started trying to like do this myself for other people because I really enjoy it and clearly have my hundred percent like bought in that. And I and I, you know, it works like this. I don't know, like this is just a lifestyle, and it's it makes me happy. And I, I know everything I need to manipulate to control it. I feel very in control of everything. So I just, I want to like share that with other people. Like you can do this and you have control of it too. Right. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing your story and your journey. Anything else that you wanted to add? I don't, I don't think so. If people have questions for me, I'm happy to answer. Like I, I'm not sure what people would be curious about. You'd be no, surprised. I think Kelly got quite a few, um, yep you know, questions, but what we'll do is, um, we'll, you know, you know, we could, after this, uh, recording goes out next week, um, you know, in our Facebook discussion group for the coaching and cocktails podcast, Facebook discussion group, right? Like people can, you know, jump in there and ask you questions and, you know, if, if people have additional questions for you and, um, you know, uh, you know, or they might reach out to you privately, you know, if you want to do that. So, yeah. But no, yeah, I, 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 you know, Brandy probably gets sick of me talking about you and, you know, my husband and everybody else. I'm like, why can't they all be like Rebecca? No, and I, and I love all my clients and I love the uniqueness of all my clients. So it's not like, why can't they all be like Rebecca? It's, it's Rebecca is an example of all the things you do right. Rebecca is not perfect, right? Like I, I, I oh, put that oh, no, out there. No, no, no. Definitely you know, not. Like ate, I said, I, did, I, I ate a whole apple pie. Yeah, like, she ate an entire apple pie, but she told me, right? She owned <laughs> up to it and we talked about why that happened and we moved on from it. She didn't yeah, eat the whole apple fun. pie and then go, you know, binge at, you know, Ben again, right? Like it wasn't, 
that. I didn't was, do extra cardio. We didn't do anything. No, we, we, didn't, we didn't punish her. her. It wasn't, so there's no, there's no perfect, but you are consistent and you're regimented and you're, you know, you, you took time off between every show and, and you spent time being willing to be uncomfortable and, you know, you, you just did all the things yeah. right, not perfect, mm -hmm. but you did all the things that I, I believe are what um, yeah. are going to make a successful athlete in physique sport. Yeah, I think the the piece of advice now, thinking about it and hearing you talk, would be like, do your own research. Like, yes. don't just <laughs> please. Thank you, baby Jesus. Because, I mean, that's what saved me with my first prep is I did my own research and I was like, what they're asking me to do is not right. And even when you ask me to do stuff, sometimes I don't, I don't do it necessarily. Do I like when you were like, you could take the supplement or not, you know, sometimes look it up and I'm like, eh, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, sometimes, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And, th and that's my decision, but um, you shouldn't just do it. Cause you know, someone tells you or that's, I mean, I love that. Cause you know, the, the end state of this whole thing is that you're a be better educated athlete. Mm -hmm. And you can only be better educated and know more by learning, right? Mm -hmm. And not just exactly. doing. That's the whole. Yeah. That's the whole point at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. No, she did. I mean, there were a couple times I was like, "Hey, we could try the supplement," but she didn't want to. And I mean, specifically, I I know um, we were going to do a, a glucose disposal agent, and she didn't. She didn't want to go that route. So we found the next best option and used apple cider vinegar. Right? Like it was like yeah, we yeah. we we did other things. Um, you know, so, you know, there's, yeah. and you don't, there's really no supplement that you need. I could no. have done the whole prep with none of them. Right. And would it have been a little bit, I mean, it's really, it's this little 1%, 1%, 1% that maybe adds up to a two or three or 4% difference. So it wasn't like it was, Oh, this is magic. And it made it. No. Happen. Well, that's kind of what we said in our, in the, in the supplement podcast, that just posted that's, yeah, this I was going to say, I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's literally what, what, that's literally what we said. literally, like, word for word. <laughs> word for word. It was like, you get 1% from this one, and 1% from this yeah. one, and 1%. So if you take all four, you might get, like, a 3% difference. Yeah. And know, that's when you're doing everything else right already. Yeah. That's right. If you're, you're already maxing it out. You take the supplement, you're not going to see that 4%. You're not even going to be able to discern a difference. No. Nope. Right. Yeah, you so listen to this week's right. podcast and you'll hear all of that that we literally just said. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything and sharing your journey. And it's a great story. And I think it will resonate with a lot of people. And again, like I'll reiterate, I hope everybody pops on to the discussion forum and can interact with you directly. All right. It sounds good. Yeah, be great. Thank you, Rebecca. And um, what what do we what do we say? Don't get weird. Use your head, and then it's Rebecca, all. you got to say the last piece. What is it? <laughs> it's You've all been listening be okay. to the podcast, and you don't know the third piece. It'll be all right. It'll be. It's okay. all yes, going to be okay. It. That's It'll right. It'll all be okay. Like, you're supposed to say verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.